Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let me tell you, buddy, there's a faster gun. Coming over yonder when tomorrow comes. Hey guys, before we start today, I wanted to say a big thank you to our patrons Anthony Sigmund Lowry, TBR, Nicola Shrimpton, Robbie Rowlett, which is a great name by the way, JRT, Lisa Wees, Tiffany Gustafson, and El Monstro. For being patrons, they signed up to patreon.com slash newwinter. You can go there now and sign up for all kinds of different tiers that we've got. Do you want the shows released early, ad-free? You can have that. You can sign up and have access to our premium podcast. We just put up an episode recently, which is how the last two series of The American Office might have just ruined the entire series altogether. What do you think? Have a listen to that, and you can sign up to that now by going to patreon.com slash newwinter. Again, you can also get our entire back catalogue of music, of our other old podcast shows we had, including Wild Boar and Soggy Popcorn. You can also get access to our Discord, where you get to dictate what our episodes are actually about. More than that, you get special thanks on the show. I'll even do a New Winter retrospective, which is where I talk about the series, A New Winter, the original audio drama series, and tell you what was going on behind the scenes. You can sponsor an episode, and you get to dictate yourself what you want that episode to be on. You can even be on the show. So go to patreon.com slash newwinter, become a patron. We want to get this going so we can do it full-time, permanently, and give you all the content that you need. Because people love content, right? They're content with content. So sign up now, patreon.com slash newwinter, and I could be reading out your name on the very next episode. So what's this episode about? Well, I dug it out from the archives, and it's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which was a Netflix exclusive by the Coen Brothers. Enjoy. Uh, if you don't know what this is, it's on Netflix. Um, it's by the Coen Brothers, and it's basically a series of short films based in the Wild West. Who's in it? Well, you've got uh, Liam Neeson, James Franco, uh, Brendan Gleeson is in it, and Tom Waits as well. Um, each one is its own little unique story, which is what happens in short stories. Um, and they're all very different uh, from one another. Generally speaking, I absolutely detested this film. And let's see why. So this was going to start out as a TV series, I believe, but they just put it into a film. It opens on a, on a book, um, which is the kind of hub, which is the ballad of Buster Scruggs, I guess. Um, 
And each one has a little picture, which is quite nice, and it has a little quote underneath, and that um, basically gives you a little indication of what the story is that's about to come. So what different ones are there? Well, the first one is literally the ballad of Buster Scruggs, who uh, is played by, um, what's his name? Tim Blake Nelson, who's been in a lot of Coen Brothers stuff. Um, And it's a bit of a musical one, a bit of a jolly, and it's a bit stupid and a bit slapstick. Um, And it's absolutely terrible. And uh, without giving away too many spoilers, um, it is him going around, shooting the place up with a very breezy positive carefree attitude that kind of nips him in the bum and that's kind of it don't really know what it's supposed to be essentially saying i think it's just supposed to be a bit of fun and i mean this is kind of the whole problem with this whole thing is that um the cone brothers are at their best when they do um they have interesting characters and they do more thriller darker stuff uh except when they do comedy and out and out comedy they fail. I mean, if you look at Burn After Reading, it's awful. Hail Caesar was kind of basically a comedy. Terrible. Um, and I might be pissing people off by saying this anyway, but never mind. And But when you think of, like, The Big Lebowski, that is essentially a weird modern-day... Well, it's a bit old now, but modern-day noir with hints of comedy. And it's not an out-and-out comedy. Um, it's a kind of crime caper and uh, whodunit mystery thriller but in a very, very light-hearted tone. And that's why it works. But with this, and especially with the first one, where it's just like, this is funny, and it's like you're just sitting there straight-faced. And even the people who I talk to which say, oh, Coen Brothers, so funny, so funny. I'm just like, well, did you actually laugh out loud? And they're like, well, no, I don't, I don't think so. And the reason why they don't laugh out loud is because it's not actually that funny. Uh, they feel like it's supposed to be funny, or they feel like it's humorous, and it, uh, it's smart. But there's no actual clever jokes in there. So the next one is Near Algodones, Near Algodones. This is with James Franco. And again, it's kind of played like a bit of a misadventure series of unfortunate events and incidents. Um, And it's not very good either. Uh, It looked like it might be quite good. And they've got the guy who works behind the bank, the bank teller, I can't remember his name. Um, he's He's really good in a lot of stuff. You might have noticed him in... Office Space, he was also in Baldwin Empire, um, he's done a lot. And James Franco is this cowboy who holds him up and, yeah, a kind of bunch of stuff happens and that's it and it kind of ends and you're like, oh. I don't really know what the story was here or if anyone learned anything or what this was supposed to be. Um, it's just a bunch of stuff happened and that was kind of it. Um, I mean, one thing as well about this is that the production design, the value as such, is enormous. It looks great. It looks lived in. It looks like a proper Western. But I just can't get behind how terrible and boring the film is. Can't get behind it. The next one is Mill Ticket. And this is probably, I would say, my favourite one of their short stories in this in this film. And it is Liam Neeson, who plays a travelling entertainer. And I won't, I won't spoil it for you, but basically he rides around with this guy with no arms or legs who spouts, um, I think it's the Gettysburg Address, spouts some Shakespeare. He goes around, he travels with this guy, and kind of people go to watch it and they applaud. It's not really a big audience, and some people give them money, most people don't. They just watch it and just sit there and they don't even pay for it. 
and they're getting hungry. Basically, Liam Neeson then stumbles upon something that's a bit more bombastic. Um, I won't ruin what that is. Um, and kind of goes more in that direction. And that was really good because there was an actual beginning, middle and an end. Um, I could see it kind I want to say it was representing uh, art, basically, and cinema, perhaps, as an art form, in that you've got the distributor, which is Liam Neeson. You've got the art film, which is the guy quoting Shakespeare, etc., but who can't do anything for himself, uh, which is the problem. So he's fed by the distributor. He has to rely on the distributor to help him live, help him survive. Uh, like the struggling filmmaker, um, you know, for them to make a living, they have to, you know, be looked after essentially by by those those big companies. And then, even though it, these are classic works of art, they don't really get the audience going. And what happens is there's a kind of more stupider, silly alternative that people are just throwing money at. And so, what does he do? He kind of goes more for that direction, essentially putting aside the art in favour of what's more popular because they have to live and they have to survive. So maybe it's a representation of culture as such. Maybe it's about the fact that, you know, Netflix funds things like this and the distributors don't. I don't know. But um, that's kind of what I got out of it anyway. Next one stars um, Tom Waits, who I'm a big fan of anyway. He's basically looking for gold. Um, Some stuff happens at the end. You're kind of not really sure what he's doing there for a while, and then you kind of understand, and then it, it kind of something happens, and then it's over. No, no idea really what I was supposed to get out of it. And then the other favourite of mine was the gal who got rattled, um, which is um, Zoe Kazan, who I like a lot, and she basically is on a trip, and uh, her brother. Um, has kind of set her up to get married and he's got all these business deals. It's kind of like a romance slash a kind of tragedy about um, what happens on this trip. And that was good. It had a real beginning, middle and end. Again, it was interesting characters. I was engrossed in the story and I wanted to know what happens. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that. I can't say that was that bad. And then the last one was The Mortal Remains, which was absolutely dreadful. Basically a bunch of people... Travelling on a stagecoach, much like the film Stagecoach. And, I mean, there's, there's no big spoiler here, but uh, pretty much halfway in, they suddenly realise where they're actually going. Um, and it's supposed to be a kind of character study, uh, but you don't know these characters well enough, you're not that bothered, and it just doesn't work. And then I say it's the end. So overall, I mean... I was quite interested in the gal who got rattled. I thought that was quite good. It's a good short story. And that could have been made a film just by itself, really. Um, you could have put some bits and pieces in there. That could have been quite interesting. Slow, I think it would have been, but still interesting. And then Mill Ticket was a great short story in the perfect sense, in that not much was said. A lot of it was just communicated through looks and you know physicality. I don't think Liam Neeson had... I don't think... He, he said more than five lines the whole time. And it was interesting to watch. And I'd say that was the best one. Uh, so if you're going to watch it, I wouldn't bother with any of the others. Meal ticket and maybe the gal thing. But I mean, it's like two hours long. I mean, it really hurt to get through it. It was so painful. And I think it made number 14 in the Guardian's top uh, 50 films of 2018, which is mad. So would I recommend it? No. I think the ballad of Buster Scruggs or whatever should be uh, buried and never dug up again. Well, that's it. 
that was the Ballad of Buster Scruggs and thank you very much Sam from about six or seven months ago however long uh, if you liked it great if you didn't like it I'm sorry uh, better luck next time uh, so keep listening and we'll be with you on the next episode goodbye when they wrap my body in the bin sheet and they take my six arms pull the boots from my 